Five episodes. That's right. That's a fun number. That's something cool. Welcome to the Casa de Haha podcast. My name is Daniel Reskin. I am a comedian from Miami, Florida. And these last 25 episodes have been a chronicling of the people I've met, the places I've been, and my journey in the world of American stand up comedy. Recently, on Mondays, I've been co-hosting an internet radio show called I Love You Miami, and it's a show that plays all Miami artists, exclusive. It's Mondays from 6 to 8. It's great. Uh, It is a show that was started by a great band, Afro Beta, you may know from our theme song and other great things, and they uh, are off doing so much stuff that they gave the show to Telekinetic Walrus, another amazing Miami band I've talked about before and they're good buddies of mine so we co-host and we have a good old time but cool bands go on tour they went on tour so it was all me left alone in the studio just playing miami music right Uh uh-uh i love you miami doesn't say music only so i hijacked it comedy because comedy's king baby so i went into the studio i brought two local comedians with me Mike Marianoff and Bradless Philotet. Uh, and I cut up a lot of juicy sashimi slices of my podcast episodes to give a greatest hits clip compilation type show that isn't annoying. So let me take you to Wynwood, Miami, at a place called The Lab, a shared creative workspace in the back of which a small independent internet online radio station is run Clangbox FM and there is one man feverishly trying to figure his way out of a technological nightmare away we go this there's all you know many like things i don't know how you kids do it these days with the digital stuff but uh to help me out here i have two amazing miami comedians uh to join me on this journey we're gonna be playing comedy today uh i have clips from my podcast cool interviews with comedians a lot of miami locals and some heavy hitters some people you might know uh but with me in the studio here i have mr bradless philoctet and mr michael marianoff Oh shit! You guys couldn't even hear any of this, probably. No, I don't know. I can hear. I can hear ourselves. I can hear ourselves now. Oh man, their mics were low. We're winging it here, everybody. This is the third string quarterback. (laughs) This is third string quarterback situation, right? Everyone heard me and you in the background. That's the important part, you know. It's it's funny actually. uh, I I just my aunt just texted me and said I can hear Daniel loud and clear. She's listening. Oh, (laughs) thank. In the the light box next Uh, door. Thank the world. She's she's checking. She's Oh. oh my god. She can't see us, can she? Is she doing the webcam or is she just listening? Is there a webcam on? No, no, there is no webcam. Oh, there's oh no webcam. good. That's not for this. That's right. for a different, sexier show. Oh, Ooh, this is not a sexy show at all. <laughs> if there's no sex appeal well, to the show. Always miss the the night good is things. young, I guess. I think that we would have people actually drop out, listeners drop out, if they saw <laughs> the show. I think the, vi- the fact that there's no visual aspect is a good thing, right. as opposed to a bad thing. Speak for yourself, Mike. Yeah, I know you look pretty I, good in those I, those gym shorts or whatever those are. I look beautiful. I like I like your Adidas stripes on your on your shirt. I was going for a World and, Cup and soccer the player. The World Cup soccer player. Referee type look. 
You don't look athletic at all. I would not believe that you're a World <laughs> Cup soccer player. I actually ran 4.2 miles today, so. Really? Yeah. Nice. I have sand on me. I, uh, why why such a health like, kick? Uh, I don't know. I just want to live longer. <laughs> <laughs> you're a pussy. You're a huge pussy. I just wanted to look you know what I do? I just like, yeah, a 4.2 miles, and then in an hour or so, I'm going to just be drinking like oh god so many beers just ruin the workout <laughs> for no reason. people i read in time magazine that actually that people's belief about exercising has actually made them fatter because they they really grossly underestimate the amount of calories that they burn on a run so like they'll go for a run and burn like 300 calories go to starbucks and then buy like a 400 calorie muffin and eat it but it balances out that's the deal i have with the universe if i yeah. run four miles I get to do whatever I want with my body afterwards. I mean, that might be your deal deal. with the universe, but I I don't know if that that deal is going to work with your cardiologist. Unbreakable. Unbreakable. I have a referral (laughs) from the universe. Here's my referral from the universe, cardiologist. Go fuck (laughs) yourself. I mean, I guess the universe would trump a cardiologist in that case. Yeah. So I'll be eating my double bacon heroin sandwiches. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Double bacon heroin sandwiches. uh, That sounds delicious. Wendy's has just gone off the rails. I'm coming after you, Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> double, they really should make that. Like, if they make Why do they keep on coming back? I don't know. If heroin them. became yeah. legalized and they made that, I would be on top of that all the time. You know, I mean, November 4th, everybody. Yeah. Get ready to vote. We're going to crack the, the heroin wall little by little, and it starts yeah. with pot. <laughs> That's no. how we're going to get. Amendment 23. Double bacon heroin sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, doesn't have the bacon in it. Illegal. But if it's got the bacon, you're good. You're right. Good go. Something about it stabilizes the heroin, and the, and the overdose potential is much lower. Exactly. Do we not live in a free America? <laughs> Science. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, guys. All right. Let's get ready to play a clip. Um, Ooh, clips. A clip coming up from my podcast, uh, the Casa de Haha podcast, on iTunes and Stitcher and DanielReskin.com. Interview a lot of locals, a lot of funny comedians. And um, I have some clips from that, the first of which features oh Adrian Mesa. This is going to be like a, a little course in Miami comedy. And a lot of people who are gone because uh, funny people get funny and then they leave. More on that later. But this is uh, Adrian Mesa. A couple months back, he was doing a show before The Onion, a uh, live Onion show. And I was opening and he featured before the live Onion at a theater up in um, Wilton Manor's. Enjoy that. This is Neil Hamburger, and you're listening to the Casa de Ha Ha Podcast. Yeah. How long have you been away? Uh, seven months. Seven months, yeah. Pretty long time. Pretty long time away from uh, South Florida here. And, uh, and it is strange, but I get to enjoy Florida as a visitor now. Going back home to Denver as a new home base. How's that different? I well, you know, I, I could get less angry at things. <laughs> okay. Like, like what? Like what traffic. Things? Like like just like really aggressive ignorance. It seems to be a, a that and like you gotta you can't help but smile how ridiculous it, some things are down here. You know, like we tried. <laughs> Things that piss you off, but I mean, there's so many wacky things. I mean, truly, Florida, the new New Jersey. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. everything weird happens here. And now there's sinkholes. Now I don't even know about now. Like this is sinkholes. We've always had. I think sinkholes was the first headline. Well, I mean, before I came into town, everyone's like, "Oh, watch out for the sinkholes." I'm like, "What? 
What's going on? See, now they're more aggressive. That's the thing. They used to just creep up on you very slow. Now they just... Sucked you into the middle of the earth, dude. It's like you're standing in a a Bugs Bunny-esque hole that he threw on the ground. It's it's like, how did did Bill die? Oh, the earth (laughs) took Bill into its bowels. That's how how his destiny fucking happened. The earth took a shot. Oh of God. Bill and swallowed him <laughs> quickly and deeply into its magma core. Like, what kind of like karmic bullshit did Bill deserve for the Earth to engulf it? Engulf him. You know what? I'll tell you what Bill did. He leaves the water running when he brushes his teeth. <laughs> and that wasn't bad enough. But then he used foam soap, but he wetted his hands first before the. You don't need to wet your hands first! It's foam soap! That's why it's made! You just slather it on. Whoa. Is this like a character bit, or is this like a like a thing that you feel strongly about in character? So, how has your time been in in Miami? You've had such great no, but I agree. I agree with endeavors. I agree with them. Smoking oughta fix your brain. Makes you repeat things again and again. Smoking fix your brain. Yeah, makes you repeat things again and again. That's a good song, Adrian. Can you play me another completely different song? Yes, yes, I can. I will play a totally new song. Smoking pot affects your brain. Giggly, giggly, Okay, did that work? Was that a thing? That was that was marvelous. You guys remember Mr. Adrian Mesa? I started comedy after he left, actually. Mm. I did get to see him though recently at a at a Jessica Gross's show at the Winwood Brewery, the last call show. Right. Yeah, he was he was great. I could see why he's so appreciated in the Miami community. I hear legends, <laughs> but I actually got to see the legend right. in flesh. Uh, he is. He's a mysterious figure, and it's funny that the the longer you're in the scene, you forget who knows who and who came along after. Yeah. You just assume you're like, yeah, you guys remember when Adrian killed it that one night? Oh wait, right. Yeah. Like, you guys what? Think. I regret not starting earlier because I would have caught all of them. Everyone says that. Yeah, uh, would have caught all those. I would have caught Dave Williamson. I heard stories he about people who left before. Yeah, I you know got to. What catch was that like the in good, the elder times? The people. Yes, well, let me tell you, young ones. <laughs> you thought you there killed so and so. There was there was a group called the Miami Comics back in the day. Oh. Where, where they're from? Called with uh, well, you know, it's funny you ask. Miami, Ohio. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> That was actually they, we did have a super group. Other co- other cities I've seen have like little groups of comics form, like boys to men of comedy. You get yeah. powerful. <laughs> there was a Miami comics. It was Forrest Shaw, uh, who we'll hear from later. Adrian Mesa, who we just heard from. Oni Perez, um, Al Jackson, who's doing it big now, all over yeah. crazy shows in L.A. and uh, on E and all this crazy TV. Um, uh, Ronnie Khalil, uh, who Dope. like ended up. Like doing all kinds of crazy stand up in the Middle East and ended up getting really big in a film. He's a huge film guy, not getting into. He was always in a film. Mm. Shout out to Ronnie Khalil. He got me a part on South Beach Toe. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And giving um, back. He's giving back. And Carl Remy, of course, who was like uh, an amazing <laughs> local comedian who ended up like doing cruise ships for a very long time. So he was here and there and we didn't always see him. But uh, one of the strongest comics in the scene that like some people have and haven't seen. Yeah. But they were only grouped together because like Ronnie formed them together, and there was a big powerful thing. And I got on the scene right as that kind of fractured, and hmm. that Infinity Gauntlet split, and all those stones kind of shot out. And I kind of like I had to learn how to find each one and kind of learn their their values and see if I can grow from each master. 
But, I mean, there are a lot of people down here in the scene, but that was like a funny example of uh, how they glommed together to actually get something done. Yeah. What what happened? Why did they fracture it? Al Jackson decided to become Justin Timberlake and just <laughs> <laughs> leave I think the group. if one of them was Justin, it would be IDMB would probably say it's Al. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but Forrest Shaw and him have a podcast called the What's What Podcast, which is very it's, funny. It's a great yeah. podcast. And uh, Adrian's crushing it in Denver. Uh, Ronnie's doing awesome with film stuff. I was I've been in a couple. I played a, a semi rapey guy in one of his films. Mm. I played a pretzel. It seems perfect for Bradless you. Bradless and I actually uh, co starred in a in a short where I played the pretzel. And what, what did you play, Bradless? Um. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, chocolate. Oh yeah, it was it was a take five candy bar. Yeah, I wonder why I was chocolate. Yeah. Tell us a little. Remember about that that experience. <laughs> there was some fun. Um, oh, yeah, we got to face uh, rubbing. Yeah, we got to. I got to rub another man's face seductively. It was awesome. I mean, that's my dream, really, in my acting career, is to rub another man's face. That's why I got into stand up. Uh, oh, one day. Can I rub both of your faces right now? No, man. You I mean, if you do, will you quit? No, well, yeah, I might. I might actually. I might quit at the top, having rubbed both of your faces. Maybe it's better for the for the sake of my uh, career or whatever to not let me rub your faces. Um, well, you know, okay. Well, let's get ready. Let's play another clip from another amazing comedian, um, Freddie Stebbins. You guys know Freddie Stebbins. Oh, I just yeah. went to his one man show. Actually. Now, this is a guy who has done comedy uh, for years down here. He had a room called John Martin's on Miracle Mile Core Gables that I came up in, a workout room, they call it, because you'd go in there, you didn't know if they were here for you or here for the UM game. You had to slug your jokes away. I, I shit many a brick that night and, and cut many a tooth. Um, and he runs a room, great room in, called uh, Taurus in the Grove, in uh, Coconut Grove, every Thursday night. So check that out. That starts around 9. Uh, these guys have done it. They've done it. Awesome. Um, and this is a great analogy that uh, a story Freddie told me on the podcast that uh, stuck with me. And it has to do a lot with what's going on in the comedian life and moving away. All artists can can sympathize with uh, the struggle of when to move, if to move, when is best to grow, and when is best to show. If you know what I mean, I'm not talking about wieners. So enjoy. We just have to be patient. Before, before we um, go out, you were saying you had a great analogy about OJ. Yeah, um, you were saying something OJ about the murder that, case. Yes, and, yes, uh, he obviously did it. No, um, <laughs> no, um, we mean the jugo de naranja. The, the, we mean the uh, jugo de naranja. And I, I was just saying that um, uh, in terms of music, in terms of comedy, in terms of acting, so many people like I met, and I know maybe you have, um, they think, oh, well, to really make it, you eventually have to move out of here. You have to move. Mm-hmm. Not someone takes you out. Mm-hmm. You have to, on your own, mm-hmm. go away and prove yourself in, like, start over again in a completely different, gigantic market. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not correct. I think that's wrong. I think that's one of the worst things you can do. I think you need to nature, nurture what you're good at until it's bright enough. Mm. To whereby it shines on its own, and then someone says, "Hey, you need to come with me," or you know this sort of thing. But I, 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 I like to make the analogy to orange juice. Comedians are like oranges. Mm. Um, Orlando. Everyone says you got to go to New York. Everyone says you got to go to California. Well, for if you're an orange, guess where you got to go? You got to go to Orlando. Every orange. I don't know if you know this or not, or your listeners know this or not. Every orange has to go. If you want to make it as an orange, 
Okay. Okay. You, if, I do. I if do. You of course have, I do. Yeah. I'm, if I'm, you've got some sweet ass juice. Oh, you know I do. And you're got a, you might not be the plumpest one, but you got some fucking. I'm not plump, but it's so sweet. Oh, but it's sweet. It's so sweet. Okay. And and you want to make it in the orange juice world? I do. I really do. You, then, baby, well, you got to go to Orlando. Let's go. But the thing is, the oranges, they don't go to Orlando. Ooh. What happens is people are going around and they're like, mm, have you heard about this juice, this orange that they grow in, in Homestead? These motherfucking oranges are delicious. They're called Redland oranges. They're actually true. They're oh. called Redland oranges. They have hardly any seeds, and they're super sweet. They're small, but they produce. Have you told? No, I've never heard of them before. But I'm gonna go try one. Oh my god, this is the best goddamn orange I've ever had. How are your Okaloosa oranges? And what happens is the oranges get picked, and they go to Orlando. Mm. And when they go to Orlando, do they become sweeter there? No. What they do is they become processed. They take the orange and they squeeze it and they package you mm. and they present you and they put a bow on you and they pasteurize you and they put it in a box and then you are legitimate. You mm. are legitimate or and you can go back to, to the to South Broward or Davie or Buena Vista, Florida or the <laughs> villages if you're a freak or whatever. You go to that place and people can say, hey, he's been Orlando. He made it in Orlando. Right. But you never really make it. In Orlando, you have to make it in your be an orange, be an orange where you're from with those other oranges. That's what they want. That's what these places are. They they're great meccas of creativity, but they're also places where they take talent from across our great country and our, our weird, varied cities and our weird personalities, and they take them all and you and you're drawn there and they package you and you, they put you together sure. and then you are. Orange juice. But you were already motherfucking orange juice before. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. So sure. don't 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 pluck yourself from you the tree. Gotten, you gotten, could have gotten handcraft juiced by a, <laughs> by a local artisan juicer. You could have. And, and you know what? Juicing and by the way, if you do that, some Orlando uh, Tropicana guy will eventually hear about and he'll want a little Huey's taste. orange he'll taste. Want a taste yeah. of that. And he'll want a little bit of the orange freeze. That's how they do. And that's how it happens. But you've got to produce your own local orange and fruits first. That's the orange juice analogy. Mm-hmm. And it is an apt and apropos one. I very much like it. Orange, you glad I said it? <laughs> Except for the last part. <laughs> I very much am. Uh... All right. That was Mr. Freddie Stebbins talking about the plight of movement as an artiste. That was great to hear a, a month before I'm, I'm moving to Los Angeles. <laughs> this is very appropriate. This makes me feel confident about my move. You're uh, about to move. Bradless is gearing up to move. Even old Daniel Reskin after yeah. seven years here is getting getting ready to get ready. Yeah. So th- wh- how does that make you guys? I mean, what do you guys think about that? I'm totally cool with being an overprocessed orange. <laughs> I'm okay with it. If I could be overly processed, disgusting Tropicana juice, if I make it on the store shelves... I'm okay with it. I'm happy with it. I don't know. I think he, he has some good points, but it's we you have to leave. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. ultimately, I mean, it's it, you know, comedy is something where or entertainment is something that's geographically constrained and where you can work at it. Unfortunately, it's like really the two cities where the industry is, is in New York or Los Angeles, so you're kind of limited for opportunities in uh, other mm. markets. Well, you it's, know? it's it's definitely the opportunities you make, though. Freddie is like yeah. a super. I mean, he's been here longer than all of us. Yeah. Uh, probably 15 or more and it's different of opportunity like you're looking to write on yeah. shows you're writing spec scripts you're getting ready to like join the industry proper yeah exactly freddie stebbins just this weekend did a the third showing of his 
one-man show at a local venue in Miami yeah. and sold out and filmed it and stuff. It's super small time. It's his blip, but yeah. I guess he's really putting a lot of growth into his orange. Yeah, you know? and he's he's unique, too, because he does a lot of uh, Miami-based stuff, Miami-centric stuff. Right. I try to make mine as least Miami-centric as possible just right. so it could... Right, I could, take, I could take it over somewhere else and, and apply and it to people, any, any show. I'm not making jokes about Hialeah and people are like, what? I don't sure. understand. Is that like Newport Beach or something? I don't have no idea. Right, if you get too too heavy on that side. Yeah. I just you think always. like the orange tree is actually in New York or in L.A. So why not I feel like you could to grow, the orange you could, tree? You could grow your that's orange right, yeah. tree. But he's saying like, yeah. you know, the trees are everywhere, but it's right. the processing plant that's there. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah I, I agree but with him to, to, anyway. to a certain extent in that you shouldn't, I don't think like you should go. Like get first and then yeah, go there. Going super, super green to LA, like I think is not good just because you don't want to be developing there because like a lot of the open mics are just, are like horrible, yeah. like really bad. Like Miami has a great, awesome scene. It's you'll I think like two years of developing in Miami, it would take you like way longer in LA just because you actually get an audience here of non-comics whereas somewhere else you don't so you go there I mean maybe I'm going to the rough maybe. places to start yeah exactly notoriously yeah having fun guys I'm glad you're having fun I hope someone is I hope I hope it's not just us my my aunt's saying that she's having fun so ask her that's all that matters if the, <laughs> all right? if the sound is uh, bearable she says it sounds great all right. <laughs> See, good. Leading into a Patrick Schroeder clip from um, when I interviewed him. Didn't sound angry. In a confrontation at a Supercon, which um, every year is like our Comic Con down here. We do a lot. Uh, and it shows fun. This is an interaction that Patrick had with um, a very choice member of the audience. Enjoy. This is Forrest Shaw. You're listening to the Casa de Haha podcast. He gives a shit. Especially, we just had a bummer of a show, which was after many good shows. We did the Florida Supercon, which is an awesome comic book everything entertainment convention that happens every year down here in July. And uh, Lisa Correo actually sets up the Revenge of the Nerds comic show every time. And Patrick and I have been on it uh, a bunch, and we just did it this year. Three great shows, three great nights. Fourth show, after being in the giant main auditorium room and the great room upstairs, hotel lobby, last day, everyone's depressed, leaving, angry, breaking out even more from all the cosplay makeup. Not a good scene. It's just a lot of, a lot of nerds who struck out. And, uh, <laughs> they, you know, it's like, like everybody else left. And it's a Sunday night show, and it was just... Yeah, and... You had a good set too, and because uh, it was crowd work, that was the time. But there was a, a moment. Well, there was a, a a kid who said he was gonna kill himself. Basically, he uh, he not, inter- not basically, exactly. All right. Uh, well, he didn't. Did we already set the scene? This is the end of Supergun. This is the this uh-huh. is the last Sunday. It's a, this, it's just a sad. And this kid. Is ready to kill himself. He's just walking through the lobby because we're in the lobby of the hotel next to the bar, mind you. But on the way, right in the middle of the main elevators, the main door, and the main lobby. <laughs> it's, it's a like, busy hotel, and there's just a comedy show in everybody's way. <laughs> <laughs> and people are like sitting, trying to eat, and just everybody's upset. Uh, luckily, we shotgun did. I started the show, but we I didn't have to come back and bring up everyone. We just did it shotgun style. Yeah, I know. I noticed you immediately abandoned uh, all <laughs> hosting, hosting responsibilities. Uh, I put in my hosting time down here. Yeah, I, uh, 
I can Jedi this whenever is, I want. This is not the night I did a Jedi mind trick. To... Miami's best comedian. He doesn't, uh, you know... Well, he can do what he wants. Edit point! No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alright, alright, so there was a moment... So I hosted the show flawlessly... They wanted to kill himself? Yes, Patrick inspired suicide in a young gentleman <laughs> with white calves, I believe. I, I made fun of his legs for being pale, and he uh, he accosted me while I was on stage. He left <laughs> and then came back Circles, after he had put redoubled. shoes on to cover up his embarrassingly white feet. Because <laughs> he was walking back from the pool, and, uh, you know, I'm sitting there bombing. And he walks Wanted past. Wanted to kill yourself. Yeah, you know, and I'm just trying to, I'm trying to spread the hate and, and the fear and the failure. <laughs> and uh, you know, people Spread are around nice and thin. People are people are taking it in good humor. You know, a couple uh, people, and then but this guy walks past, and his legs were so pale. I you know, it was it was distracting. Like you, I, as a comedian, you you just can't not mention this whole experience that the crowd is going through, seeing how pale this guy's legs are. It would be a disconnect. Right, so right. I, and I didn't even make it wasn't even anything clever. It was just like, hey, check out how pale this guy's legs are, and everybody <laughs> laughed. That was because everybody wanted me uh, to say it. Like, they right. saw him, and they immediately were like, he better say something about his legs. <laughs> he better say something about that guy's legs. So then, like... Hey, then, comic, those legs, legs, hey, comic. That, am I the only you one felt that. this? You know what? These guys, these guys have been honing, and gals, honing their cyanetic powers and psionic beams and, like, meditation ninja waves and... He, and that, he, it worked went, on you. He went back up to his room and came back down with his shoes on and accosted me while I was still on stage doing my set and threatened to bring me up on charges, which is the greatest And literally just said that. N- n- on charges. Vague nerd threat. <laughs> he had no idea. He's like, well, I can't threaten to fight. I don't know how to fight. The charges are probably from, like, the Doctor Who canon of the law of the <laughs> planet, you know? I don't know what he was thinking, but, you know, I made, I made fun of him some more on stage, but <laughs> after the show, he came back up to me again and, uh, which we have a picture of. A <laughs> Google. Yeah, that right, dropped the, the picture that's right the sound there. Noise of the picture. The sound he, uh, noise. You heard it here, right? He, t- he told me. He said. Uh, I hope you have insurance. He said this is this this has been a rough weekend for me, and if you knew what happened to me this weekend, you would know why that's the worst thing you could have said to me. And I knew he he was he was getting ready to tell me his whole story. About what happened that weekend, I just like cut him off. I was like, I got, I got friends. I gotta go. Like, I don't have, I don't have time to have you make me sad. So, I mean, yeah, and yeah. He, I remember he, it was like right before the moment you could have healed his soul. I no, mean, you could have saved the kid's life. No, he looked at me. He was like but, surprised. He was like, you really don't even want to <laughs> listen to me. Like, I, I just said I'm gonna kill myself, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't know you. I don't have any compassion for you. I'm sorry, I, but you're just like. I don't know. He was just pathetic, and I didn't feel sorry for him. I like I, and I feel sorry for a lot of people. I feel sorry for most people, but it was just something. I think it was the fact well, that he interrupted my set. Like, if you're rude towards comedy, mm, I'm done. It's, that's that's one of my pet the, peeves. That's the cardinal sin. Yeah, like even interesting. Even you know if, what? Uh, I, I was feeling very sorry for him up until you made that point. Yeah, because I mean, it is. Ridiculous for a comedian to complain about somebody trying to make something about him. But that show, like, if you wanted it to Preface. be about you, like, it wasn't a TV show. Like, I was doing something. I mean, I wasn't on. Oh, 
days of future past fun times. Shrow time. It's Shrow time. Follow Patrick Schroeder at Shrow time. Don't follow. He's an asshole. C H. He's one of those. One of those Shrow time. R O. That was pretty funny. T I M E. That made me laugh really hard. You haven't heard that before. That was a fun. hell of a show. I love it when neckbeards just get shut down. He probably. I guarantee you. Right after that, that guy went on Reddit and complained about women friend zoning him on the men's rights forum. If you if you look that clip up online, there is a, a video corresponding, and you get to see the, t- the kids' legs. And uh, turn your brightness down on your monitor. <laughs> I'm ex- I can't wait to see this. This is that's very, that was a very entertaining clip. Oh, background music. How about that? Did that kid kill himself, or <laughs> did, did we get to by that now? Part? I mean, no, that was, he, he that was two on, to three years ago. So he complained yeah, on Reddit. He had I, a lot I of guarantee reasons. you, that's what he did. Or he went on 4chan or something and talked about how much he hates people. If I know, if I know my Schroeder, he made him kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> a lot if he, more if he did it, that's kid. his failing as a comedian. His juice was not ready yet. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he experienced more pain, but alive. Patrick was the. He always came back to Patrick. That public humiliation. No, that kid is doing fine. From that's the kind of superhero origin story that everyone needs, or or, or supervillain. Really. There's no way that kid's doing fine. He's probably There's masterminding no evil plots. He just goes around open mics, destroying. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find truth. Right. What if he becomes the best comedian ever just to rub it in Patrick's face? He's that's the oh, nerd rage. That would be so awesome. He's like, I'll commit my life to doing what you do better. I, I severely don't remember me, but I'm saying wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, remember be me, cool. pale legs, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> pale cow. Hey, that's his thing now. He's like, I'm pale calves, and it's like fluffy or something. It's on What's HBO. Up, and he does like five minutes on just just shitting on Patrick. He's on, yeah. HBO, on HBO, and HBO Patrick's just crying. <laughs> you hear that, Patrick? You never will. You're not listening. But um, so that was fun, and we heard Forrest Shaw um introing that clip. By saying, meh, meh, you don't give a, a shit show. about that. That's <laughs> good old Forrest. Nice and surly. We have a clip of them actually coming up. Miami's very own super comedy power couple, um, Lisa Correo and Forrest Shaw. Forrest now kicking booty over in L.A. He was just in a show in Honolulu opening for Jim Jeffries, as he does quite often, uh, which is amazing. You guys should check the new Jim Jeffries special on Netflix. And Forrest was in season two of Legit, his show. I'm so, happy I got to catch Forrest. Yes, he was yeah. a. I learned much from his tutelage. Monster, Florida Leggy, and I mean literally monster. He's a giant, <laughs> giant man. He looks like a monster. We already yeah. we already covered how surly he is. <laughs> monster tits. Surly is that he should be the def like the definition picture of surly. I love like, the way he walks. It is not. It's not like he walks. He like he lumbers through. Yes. <laughs> he's like mad about. It looks like he's mad about walking. Like I gotta walk too. Yeah, he does. Is this not enough, God? That's a good bit for Forrest. There you go. <laughs> or encouragement to get your ass moving. If you're um, ever hosting a show with Forrest, that's how you should introduce him. You'll notice him. You'll know him from his lumber. You should know. Well, he's almost like Oprah now. The way he fluctuates. If you get Forrest in shape, Forrest, he's like a big bear. You'll he's notice. Like swatch you with his big bear paws. Lisa referred to him once as, as her magnificent beast. I thought that was great. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, here um, is both of them together. It was a double interview with Lisa and Forrest. And this is Forrest doing pretty much his favorite activity, which is um, causing mild embarrassment to others, especially the ones he loves, especially Lisa. So do enjoy this mocking clip. Oh, you know what? I think this is a good time to read something that Lisa Correa wrote called Why I Chose Education as a Career. Why I Chose Education as a Career. Okay, when we were What's moving. What's the date on this? Uh... <laughs> when we were moving my stuff, he came across this 
essay I had to write for, uh, like, when I was getting the job of teaching, they make you do all these things. And it was a, this ridiculous essay. Wow. Let's hear it. I think right. we got to hear it. And, and when, we you know, go. we're going to add some nice background music here in post. Okay. Lisa Correa, why I chose an education as a career. Why I chose education as a career. Education is a career of my choice. Because it's already a terrible essay, by the way. Whatever you just repeat what the title was. Thesis like, statement. <laughs> this is all filling yeah. it. I just had to fill in a certain amount yeah. of space. Okay? Ed- education is the career of my choice because I genuinely care about children and our society. Both. <laughs> 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 yeah, not one. I care yeah. about both. I feel that teachers have the unique opportunity to have an impact on the factors that make the good things of this world possible. Whoa, the factors of the good things. It is my goal to grasp this opportunity and make education work for our children. (laughs) Throughout my own educational experience, I have had both the wonderful teacher and the terrible teacher. I plan on utilizing the characteristics of the wonderful teachers in my own career. Why would you even have to say that? Like, what are you going to say? Un- like, unlike yeah. others. Yeah. I was actually going to use a little of both, and I realized you can't hit kids anymore. So. Everyone... I, I, I just want to say, I went in really believing that, and I went out like the terrible teacher, I feel yeah. like. Everyone remembers the exceptional teachers of their lives, and I intend oh. on being remembered. <laughs> I am remembered. I had a student yeah, two nights yeah. ago recognize me in public. That's because you're young and your, your boobs. So, what? Okay. My boobs? Yeah. All right. That's not Hold nice. Hold on. We're reading the rest of this. Don't lose focus here. It is an injustice that a child have anything less than the best educators. Well, that's true. I feel a responsibility to be the best teacher that I can be, and I will do everything within my power to enrich the lives of the children which I will be teaching. This is when it should... That you should Last paragraph. Last paragraph. Okay. I have looked at my college career as getting ready for a trip. Oh God. <laughs> well, this is wild. this is this, this is, is top quality college radio. When you gotta, like, I have looked at my college career as getting ready for a trip. For this trip, I am packing my bags with the best of my experiences and knowledge from my education. I want to give all children the opportunity to excel to their maximum capacities in life. Being a teacher is all about making a difference, but I feel that it must be for the better and not for the worse. Again, reiterate that. Education is a fundamental factor in a well-run society. Our teachers must be exceptional so that they may empower the students with superior education. This is the only career that I can conceive of. It would be fulfilling to myself and the lives of children while contributing to making our society a better place to live in. Boom! Lisa, what's happened to you? Oh, you're welcome, society. You are welcome. Where did it go wrong? What a giver to society you but Can I just tell you, you're the only person who have ever read that essay because that's just the kind of thing that you have to turn in and someone sticks it in a file and says, all right, you did that part of the That uh, still came process. out of your brain, just so you know. I don't it think it was like filling in space with words. Senior year of college. It's society, exceptionality. <laughs> I am going to use the characteristics of the good teacher. <laughs> not not the bad. bad. Let that not be confused. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, no more teaching for me. Done with that. But that's how many years ago. <laughs> yes, that was amazing. That <laughs> was some some class A fuck around from yeah. Forrest Shaw. Some class A teasing him and, and Lisa Correo. They're an adorable couple. Two hilarious Miami. Comedians who are she now. Lets them put their they do gross things together. Ew. And the way I, I des- wonder if he makes fun of her while they're. The, 
Really? This is how you're doing it? I could Dude. be eating a sandwich right now. Then, <laughs> really? But yes, you can follow Forrest Shaw at Forrest Double R F O R R E S. I believe underscore Shaw online and Lisa Correo C O R R A O. Uh, she's doing awesome things. She's on a Nickelodeon show every which way. She's doing uh, commercials. She's here and there. One of the Miami people still kind of here, but not here. Um, it's cool because once you leave, you kind of circulate. Awesome. And do Elwood's on Thursday night. Yeah, Elwood's that's my other Tuesday show that I inherited from Forrest Shaw. Um, it's a good the show. The first and third Tuesday of the month. Check out See Elwood's Pub. There. Elwood's, thank you for reminding me. Yeah, good, good, ma- good radio man. That gets so combative. Well, that would get so combative when Tuesday, Forrest Elwood's Pub. was there. Yeah. Like, like it's funny to see you and John hosting. Well, John is a little will bust the audience's balls a little bit, um, but now that it's just you, like you're nice, you know. But Forrest would just like always pick fights <laughs> with people. I remember that that was fun. I remember one of the like when really close to when I started, like he he's got into it with this guy and was making fun of him, and he's like, "Oh, what do you do, sir?" He's like, "I'm a United States veteran from Vietnam," and then it got really awkward. Then I had to go on after that, and I was like sweating. <laughs> You know, shitting bricks. You didn't have no Vietnam venture jokes in your back pocket, bro? No, you can't make fun of Vietnam veterans. They saved us from the domino effect of communism. I blame them for the movie Rambo. (laughs) (laughs) Lisa and Forrest are the cutest couple. So adorable. I'll say comedy couples are are a rare and beautiful thing. They are. And you get far enough into comedy like any career, it's kind of nice just to have someone. That you don't have to explain everything to, yeah, especially exactly. when it's weird. You're out all night, especially as a woman. It's double hard because you're out all night mm-hmm. in the just grimy rooms with even grimier people, and it's like you're not there for any other reason than yeah, it's where you sh- have to be. Shitty yeah. comedians trying to fuck you. All the shitty comedians trying to fuck you. I and feel then so you, sorry you go home, them. and some shitty comedians fucking <laughs> <laughs> to the one that is fucking you. <laughs> But a douche. Right. I'm here all night, folks. Suck it, Forrest. Not listening either. Let's do let's get let's hear somewhat famous, guys. I've I've interviewed a couple <laughs> famous these. What do you guys want to start with? Let's go with uh W. Kamal Bell. Oh, why did you pick him? Uh not because he's black, because <laughs> uh I worked his show at the South Beach Comedy Festival. <laughs> and, and, because uh, black, <laughs> and because he's black. Also because he's black. And because he's black. But in that order, that's important. That's yeah. what it is. The order matters. All right. Enjoy the words. New performance. This is part of your Oh Everything tour. Understand? Oh Everything. Oh Everything. What's what's wrong? Oh Everything. (laughs) Right. So that's kind of the the meaning of it. There's no one topic that stands out so much. You just have to jump on everything. You know, you just turn on on cable news and it's just like, you know, it's... I, you know, I, people know me for focusing on race, and that's great. But if you turn on the news and pay attention to the world, it's basically everything. So mm. uh, I don't claim to talk about everything in the show, but I just sort of feel like that leaves it open for me to figure out whatever's, you know, whatever's bugging me as I get there into that town or whatever, mm. you know, or just also let people, you know, I think it's just, we have to stop. Everybody has a tendency to focus on what's wrong in their corner. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to get to a place where we sort of look, we, we focus on our corner, but we also look outside and we're like, oh, it's everything. Mm. Right. You don't want to preach to your own choir too much. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, that we, basically it's not about Republicans and Democrats as far as I'm concerned. It's about people who are cool and excited for the future and people who are uncool and want to do the past. Mm. And so if you break it down to those categories, there's way more cool people than there are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we could form the, the, the cool people party, 
then we would win the election all the time because mm. most people are cool and excited and want the future to arrive. Right, right. Hmm. Well, so so your comedy focusing, uh, I mean, your comedy does focus on real issues as opposed to other comedians. You are usually talking about something that exists and usually something that matters uh, to people. Do you find that this is a handicap or is it something that excites you to work harder? Making the audience laugh I mean, and think. It excites me. I don't think I could, I've tried, you know, I've, been to, I've tried to do the other kind of comedy at certain points, but, and I like that comedy when people do it. I'm not trying to say this, no, it's just the comedy that really sort of gets me off is the comedy about, like, the, where people have agendas and want to change their mind. Mm-hmm. Having said that, that's not the fastest way to a million dollars in the entertainment industry, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. I could talk more about, like, you know, how socks make it in the dryer or something. Uh-huh. a great joke that Jerry Seinfeld told years ago. Mm-hmm. If I had more jokes like that, you know, I'd have a bigger chance of being Jerry Seinfeld. But it's probably not going to happen at this point. Sure. So do you, do you think that by trying to make your audience laugh and think, are you in some respect cutting the comedy with thought or meaning, you know? I mean, I don't know. It's like, I think it, I don't sit down... And necessarily, like, I don't write something smart and try to make it funny. Mm. It just happens to be the things I think are funny. People then later go, oh, that was smart. And I go, oh, okay, if you say so. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get just the same big laughs that as we talked about as Jerry Seinfeld getting. Right. It's just every comic has a set of rules that they sort of write their act by. Like, Jerry Seinfeld's not going to swear or, you know, mm-hmm. or be explicit. You know, same with Bill Cosby. And I just have an act that I have a different set of rules. But I'm not sitting down and going... You know, I hear the thing, I don't want to write dumb jokes. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody wants to write dumb jokes. I don't want to write jokes with the audience goes, that's stupid. Right. I mean, I don't mind that response. I'm like, that's stupid. That's, I like that response. But, uh, but not, pa- know, not pandering. I, I, I definitely like jokes that people go, huh, mm-hmm. that was funny. And I'm going to have an awkward conversation in the car on the way home. <laughs> Great. Right. So it just fits I mean, you. My favorite response from a show I did recently, this was in Portland. I was just there two days ago. And somebody told me that after the show, they heard two guys talking. And one guy goes, that was the worst show I've ever seen. And his friend goes, what are you talking about? That was the best show I've ever seen. <laughs> and I was like, that's the response I want from every show. Wow. You, you, that's an awkward car ride home. You are like the biggest thing that ever happened in that friendship. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they're either going to become even better friends or they're never going to be again. <laughs> Bitter enemies, right. Uh, how about that tasty jam? Yeah. How about that tasty lick with W. Kamau Bell? You may know him from uh, his FX show of a few seasons, Totally Biased. Great show. Now canceled. He talks about that in the episode. Go on and listen to the full episodes of any of these clips. Uh, Casa de Haha. It's on iTunes or Daniel Reskin. You can search. Go to my website, danielreskin.com. So, a lot of stuff to listen to. W. Kamau Bell, talking about being smart, smart comedy. What do you guys think about that? Oh, for losers. <laughs> for hipsters. Smart, smart comedy is the worst. It's so pretentious. <laughs> I, can, I can relate to what he, what he said towards the end when he, when he was like, uh, best show, worst show. I feel like that's a good show, a good set. I was like, 80% they're laughing and 20% like, oh, God. Mm. Or right. where they're groaning and they just have to laugh, but they just feel bad about it. <laughs> I, I think the best, yeah, the best the comedy best. is mildly clever observations laced with puns. I think that's the... What? <laughs> that, that is the holy the grail of comedy. Of comedy. <laughs> that's the holy grail of comedy. 
<laughs> if only people could figure that out. <laughs> I, I think you're you're totally right. That's the best stuff. I think the best comedy is polarizing because I think the really good comedy takes people to a place and they might not be comfortable with. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what makes a truly amazing joke. I think a tr- I, I've never heard a truly amazing joke that didn't make you a little bit sad. Wow, that's a profound statement. I, th- I can't think of any, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> say, it's true. I mean, the old saying is uh, pain plus time yeah. equals comedy. Sometimes it's not not a whole lot of that's time. That's the equation, and that's right. Gilbert Godfrey said it like, Sometimes you don't need time. I, I heard this. I read this amazing article that from uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald. He was giving advice to a young writer that asked him to read a book that he wrote, and he pretty much in like one paragraph just summarized what the difference between great comedy and hack comedy was. And he says like he's like, look, if you're not prepared to put yourself out there completely uh, emotionally, and you're going to hold back, then you just shouldn't be a writer. Yeah, man, those are the choices we make. Our, our medium is uh, music is great. Music, you know, you want to hear the greatest hits, but comedy, we're dealing with ideas. We're dealing with substance, uh, and you have to make a relation to these people. You got to paint the picture every time. Let's see. We'll listen to the Gabriel one. Fluffy. So, Fluffy's a comedian. If you guys don't know Gabriel Iglesias, he's a very popular comedian known as Fluffy because he's a fat man. Um, <laughs> less fat these days. Uh, an amazing guy, and uh, not someone I followed very much until I got to interview him for the New Times and really like caught up on his stuff. Um, really amazing storyteller, joke writer. I kind of just pigeonholed him as like that whole fluffy thing, but the man has had a lot of time to evolve and grow. He came out with the movie, the Fluffy movie, and as you know, for a stand-up comedian, it's a pretty big deal to have a, a stand-up concert film yeah, in yeah. theaters. Very few comedians. A lot of comedians have a special, and that's a big thing. But few comedians can compete I mean, with the superheroes Kevin Hart. and babes of the box office. Kevin I Hart. Mean, he's kind of indie underground guy. He's, he yeah. did one. <laughs> yeah, he's very indie, very indie. Kevin Hart. Um, really he's, really he's alt, alt comedy, but that he, guy. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, oh. He's the reason that, like... Fluffy got to do his because a bunch of producers were like, hey, look at the Kevin Hart. What? He just, he says his jokes on a stage and we make lots of money? Oh my God. So I don't know why they made him Jewish. <laughs> I was going to say, perpetuating the stereotype. You look like an anti Semitic propaganda poster. I was poster rubbing right my now. fingers together. Like greedy Mr. Jew, Burns greedy or Jew rubbing. But um, listen to, the, to some a story about him uh, dealing with people in Hollywood. Okay, how do we promote this? How do we market this? And so there has been a little bit of back and forth with uh, with Open Road as far as the best way to market a comedy concert film. Right. And, you know, I have my way of doing things. They have their way of doing things. And so we're just trying to meet in the middle. And, yes, it's still, it is funny that, you know, because I would have paid for the whole thing. Right. But we got to cool go, we got to investors. To be at that point now, though, where you can it, just be like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Mm, it's very cool. But at the same time, it's like you want people's uh, investing in it so that they'll want to you know, uh, be on board and help push this. You know, you, I mean, you, it's, yeah, you can do it all on your own, but it's always better when you got backup. Sure. So, I mean, they, they understand the, the strength that I have in social media and the YouTube numbers and everything, and uh, I've shown them, I've demonstrated to them how I can use it. You have to, like, and do this whole equation in front of them these days to basically, prove Basically, I, 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 I had to send out a tweet to show them the kind, of, the kind of reaction I could get in an right. hour, and uh, it was interesting. What was the tweet? There was a situation where... Their marketing team wanted to uh, make this movie poster, the movie poster you see out there, okay? I'm wearing an orange shirt in that poster. They wanted to have me wearing a red shirt because the red shirt, you know, marketing. Red always stands out Fiery, more than any other. It, it, it's just, it's the contrast because it's a blue sky, red shirt. So 
it makes total sense. Look, a, our marketing says that red is the best color. We want people to catch, you know, attention and stuff like that. And I go, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. Red is the best color. And if I wouldn't have used that same shirt in my previous special, I would agree with you 100% and I'd be totally happy. However, nice. people recognize that shirt from my the previous Aloha special, special, the Aloha nice. special. Nice. And so I says, listen, I don't want to mislead my fans. I want to make sure that everything's cool and that there's no, I don't want them thinking they're going to go see the same thing. Right. This is a new project. It needs to look different 100%, right. especially that, right? the shirt. And so, again, it was a little back and forth. And they're like, well, look, our marketing, and we really feel strongly that this is the best way. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. I go, look, at the end of the day, I'm still going to be this comic. I still got to go out there and tell these jokes. I still got to be me. You guys are going to be moving on to whatever the next project is. And I'm, I still got to, you know, be this guy. Right. And uh, it went, it got a little weird. And um, they decided they wanted to go with Red. And I sent out a tweet, and all I did was I sent out a tweet, and I says uh, uh, to my fans, I says, I, I put the picture of the poster online, and I said, uh, what special did I wear this Hawaiian shirt in? I says, uh, submit your answer, and I put, wow. I put the president of marketing's email address on the tweet. <laughs> And basically, I shut down his email account for about three hours because he got <laughs> that, flooded. That's awesome. He got flooded with uh, with responses, and that's that's where I had to take it to prove that point. That look, mm. dude, you can't mess with the, you know, you, you can't mislead the people. He got really right. upset. He got, and I, well, rightfully so. They're investing in a product that isn't just a one-time script. Yeah, it's right. Something that but, exists for mm-hmm. a lifetime. But I had to show that. Look, man, this this is what I'm talking about. My fans know me. Mm. And yeah. so, and so orange it is. Yeah, and you know what's crazy is it's the exact same shirt. Hmm. Oh, it's the exact same. It's the exact same it? shirt, but they photoshopped it to make it orange. <laughs> nice, wow. So yeah, all that, all, all that, you know. So since then though, everything's been great. Over, all the marketing's been great. Over a hue. Yeah, that's it. But everything else has been cool. Uh, yes. That's, Mad respect. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Right. I love it. Did yeah. you guys know that side of fluffy? No, but I mean, I always, you could tell like he, he's obviously has a great business acumen, you know, to, to be, become what he has become. Yeah. He's, he's quite a self-made man. But just to like have to like, do you not see he sells out theaters all the time? Like just yeah. let him wear his goddamn shirt. What yeah, the f- like, you know, you got to fight him over the, no, the marketing says, no, I have a, I have a really logical reason why. Cause it's going to confuse my fans. Yeah. I say, it doesn't matter that your logical reasons, right? right. I'm the, I'm the VP of marketing. Uh-huh. I, I think and if I don't make I have a, decision, a card, people are going to say I didn't yeah, do anything. Yeah. I think Conor O'Brien said it well with, he said that the, when there's at the intersection of business and art, it's always going to get messy. And mm-hmm. it's true. Uh, the weird thing about the movie was that he, you know, a stand-up film costs exponentially, that's a word, less to make than a traditional movie. Yeah. Because it's, you're filming a performance, you know, it's a lot of, it's a one-night shebang. And even so, the the investment level and the support for these projects, yeah. even on the grand scale of like Kevin Hart and Gabriel Iglesias, is so much less than you would get. He talks about how much uh, promotion didn't happen. Mm-hmm. He wanted to film, um, he needed four days to film the opening credit sequence where it does some acting and stuff. They gave him half that time and half that budget. And this is for something that, compared to a normal movie, is, is like pocket change. Yeah, exactly. You know, for a studio. So it's insane that, you know, after all this time, comedy is king, we still have to yeah. kind of prove ourselves in, in these venues. 
There should always be a stand-up concert film going on, like mm-hmm. in at all times. There should be someone, a comedian's film, rotating in theaters. The suits just don't get it. Suits. When you were in high, when when comedians were in high school and the suits were in high school, they sent out different cafeteria tables. Now they got to work together to try to get the money for a film. They just don't. They don't. They butt heads. Can I read this quote from Scott Fitzgerald that I was talking about? Oh my about? God! I want to read many it. Quotes that you have. It's great. <laughs> Jesus, it's a Christ. great quote. Hold on, listener poll. We're gonna read the website. Uh, what does 40, it say? Forty-two percent yes, thirty-eight <laughs> percent no, and then the rest of the math percentage says, "Oh, how do you work this thing? Where's the the cute kitties?" So go ahead. All right. Cool. So this is. I think this is great. Great advice. Especially, I think it sums up what what uh, hack comedy very well, right? So he reads this guy's story, right? The guy gives F. Scott Fitzgerald his story to read, and he says, this guy's name is Francis. He says, I read the story carefully, and Francis, I'm afraid the price for doing professional work is a good deal higher than you're prepared to pay at present. You've got to sell your heart, your strongest reactions, not just the little minor things that only touch you lightly, the little experiences you might tell at dinner. This is especially true when you begin to write, when you have not yet developed the tricks of interesting people on paper, when you have none of the techniques which it takes time to learn, when in short, you have only your emotions to sell. I think that's great. Dick jokes. <laughs> but it's true, though. Like, you know, like the best That's comedians really, it. they talk about something they're mm-hmm. passionate about, not just like little stupid observations laced with puns. <laughs> Dick jokes. See, I like this. See here, listeners, two conflicting points of view here, but both comedy. Comedian has to be versatile, for sure. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we got to wrap things up here. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, Bradless, Twitter again. Bradless Comedy, B-R-A-D-L-Y-S Comedy, uh, Gramps every last Tuesday of the month in Wynwood, and uh, Best Buds Podcast coming soon. And me, Mike Marianoff on Twitter, Mike Marianoff Comedy on Facebook, and you can also check out the Black and Jew Podcast. Amazing. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank, thank you to all you. our listeners, um, all two of them. Um, thank you, Estelle Sorkin. Uh, Estelle, Mike's, Mike's aunt. aunt. She actually she, texted me a few minutes ago to say that she had to check out. Incre- oh, <laughs> you ruined Just kidding. We love her. Thanks. My name is Daniel Reskin at danielreskin.com or, you know, danielreskin.com. Thanks for joining us and have a wonderful, wonderful life. That's it, folks. Another down in the quarter century episode of the Casa de Haha podcast. Had some laughs rolling down memory lane, trolling down memory lane. If you're an old listener hearing things you've heard before, or more likely if you're a new listener hearing old things for the first time in a new way, or even more likely you're not hearing this at all. So I'd like to thank the first two categories. Uh, thanks to my guests, Bradless and Mike. Good times. Many more episodes to come. I'm planning some big things before I leave Miami. A couple lofty projects. Quite intimidating to me. Just coyishly alluding to them is giving me heart palpitations. <clears throat> anyway, everybody... Thanks to Clangbox. Be sure to listen to the I Love You Miami radio show, 6 to 8, on Mondays, Eastern Standard Time. I will be playing great music along with Telekinetic Walrus. They're very funny. They're very cool. They're in the background now, and I'd like to thank them for that. Follow my blog posts and everything else going on in my life at danielreskin.com.
Mmm. I don't want your money. I don't know why, but I don't. I just want to be better. I want to be the best Daniel I can be. That's all. Better than all the other Daniels. Yeah, that's right. Take it, Daniels. I'm going to be the Uber Daniel. The High Daniel. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Myriads of thanks. Eternal thanks. So many thanks. I've given. And yet, I still can't get rid of these things. Help me. Help me relieve me of these things. Good night.